0: Welcome to another episode of Mental Health Mondays where we talk to guests who are either in the world of mental health in the professional space, um, holistic space, or somebody that lives with or experiences a mental health challenge or advocates of mental health. So we are on episode number eight. Holy moly. And I am so excited to bring up one of my friends that I've known for a little while. It feels like a lot longer probably than we have or maybe shorter. I don't know. But I am excited to bring on Christy. Christy. Or Christine. I don't know if you go by Christy or Christine. Which one do you prefer? Either
1: one. uh, In a professional setting, I'm typically Christine. And then, you know, friends, since you you are my friend, um, I go by Christy. So either one is fine. Okay. Yeah, I guess I should have asked that before I brought you on. But
0: (laughs) No worries. So (laughs) tell
1: the audience a little bit about yourself. What do you do? Yeah, well, first of all, thank you so much for having me on your YouTube channel. Um, I just want to get the word out more about what we do, um, about my organization, and where we started and why we exist. So, um, thank you so much for having me today. Um, and who am I? I'm Christine Talbot or Christy Talbot. Um, and I uh, came from Florida about four and a half years ago to Colorado. And I recognized that there was not a lot of services here for children. Um, And basically I was like, wow, I'm so used to having a mental health agency almost on every corner in Florida, it's just more developed there on the East Coast in general. And I looked up the numbers after that and our numbers are very high for suicide rates for children and teenagers. With 12 to 26 years old being the leading cause of death, so that's that's pretty alarming. Um, and also, we've had some school shootings here, um, and I really wanted to do something about it. I was already in mental health. Uh, I've been in mental health now for 14 years, and I started in 2007 as an internship working in the jails. Um, some pretty uh, jail or i guess you could say uh publicized jails you know they've been in the public publicity Broward county um you know Broward county the women of Broward county i worked in that area and i worked for the public defender's office i did interviews and then i flagged inmates both female and male if they had any symptoms that they expressed they're saying they were suicidal or Um, depression, anxiety, I would flag their chart, and then they would be seen by a psychiatrist. So that was my first internship. I was about 19, 20. And and then I uh, finished college, and I went on to work for CPS in child abuse cases. Uh, And that job was really intense, really um, rewarding. Uh, Every day, I didn't know what kind of case I was getting. Some of them were just, you know, husband and ex-wife getting into it and it was just frivolous. You know, kid has diaper rash and then, of course, that's not abuse, but put some diaper cream on the baby uh, (laughs) and let's move on. So, uh, but, you know, I would have some very serious cases too um, and that really helped establish my career And learned that there's a lot of mental illness among parents, among families. And uh, more than that, there's a lot of trauma, a lot of abuse and trauma. So, and these children need to get services for that. So there's a lot more than I thought Um, when I got into CPS. I worked for that in CPS for three years Mm -hmm. and I realized, oh my gosh, I would rather work in mental health where I can help them even more. So... I went into mental health i worked for a mental health agency as a targeted case manager and worked alongside those cps workers and kind of did a pass off they would do a pass off to us at the mental health agency and then we would work with the courts and things like that and that's what i do now so um basically targeted case management is what i did for many years and when i came to colorado um, and the springs our numbers are even worse than some of the rest of the the counties in the state. And so where I live, I want to help as much as I can. And um, so I established child community services in December, 2017. And um, it took about six months to get contracts with insurance companies. Insurance companies pay for most of the mental health services that are provided we got contracted with Medicaid. And so, um, we really started serving clients in 2018 and we have now grown to 300 children and families. Um, and we serve 78%, um, Medicaid, low income families. Um, so the services that we provide are mental health counseling. And this is for specifically for children where the child is our client and then if the parents want to uh, need services the therapist will identify that but with the child being at the center of the services and then we serve siblings even if they're 19 20 older sibling anybody in the home will serve the entire family grandparents foster families Um, We do also some counseling because it's very difficult for children to first get into a foster home and there's a lot of um, stabilization that they need and services and counseling. So we work with foster parents quite a bit um, from DHS. We have a contract with Department of Human Services and we provide uh, service. You know, they send us clients at least seven a week and we definitely, among other other referrals we get, but that's probably our biggest referral source is DHS and that contract that we have. And I established that contract actually in mid 2020. So we haven't had it that long, but it's been going very well. We're helping the exact population that I used to work with the, you know, the abused children, the kids with trauma and that they need help, uh, kids in foster care. So, um, among mental health counseling, We also offer targeted case management. Mm -hmm. We offer life skills um, and we offer groups, support groups. We offer in, in those groups um, every Thursday, every single Thursday, we have groups for children and teens. Well, it's actually the age is nine to um, 12 years old. Mm -hmm. So they, and you can go on our website and you can see when those meet, but we have a therapist available And she would really, we really want to get more referrals for that. We haven't had a lot of attendance lately. um, And we really, that is something so that they don't have to wait. They can do that while they're waiting. Uh, We do have a waiting list. So for counseling, it's um, anywhere between four to six weeks. Sometimes it's eight weeks. So I do have a waiting list uh, for services because we can't hire fast enough. I'm just growing and, We um, have a lot of people call us because we're very specialized. Um, All of our therapists have gone to um, play therapy training. And that's something specifically that people ask for. Uh, And all of our um, therapists have at least one to two years, if not more, of working with children and families and the Medicaid population. They all have that, that type of background and they've gone to school and they have that education So, and they all are uh, provisionally, at least provisionally licensed. So they all have a master's degree. And then above that, they are also registered and licensed with DORA. So uh, everyone is licensed and at at least the provisional license, which, and then they're supervised by a fully licensed clinician. Mm -hmm. Um, All of them are supervised by that and their specialty. So we have uh, licensed professional counselors, which are LPCCs. We have um, marriage and family therapists. We have, um, what else we got? LSWs, licensed social workers. Mm. So those are the three that we have. On occasion, we have like a non-licensed clinician, but they also have like all this training and certificates as well. So everyone is really certified. Uh, That's what sets us apart from the other competitor in town, There's another, well, I don't call them a competitor because I actually know the CEO, (laughs) we talk. But the other clinic similar to us is Kids Crossing Mm -hmm. in Colorado Springs. And they have interns. That's how they run the clinic. If they're a, which is a wonderful thing because they are teaching, they are a teaching clinic basically. So, um, and then they serve children and and also kids in the foster system. So we have, um, in addition to, to those four departments that i was talking about we also have equine assisted therapy which is an amazing service Mm -hmm. we work with uh horses we have a contract with stable strides and they provide basically the horses and the stables and the kids can go out and on saturdays we have it every saturday and they can go out and do counseling alongside a horse which is amazing and we have it hundred percent covered by insurance. they so don't have to pay anything. Wow. So that's, that's an amazing, it's an amazing service. That's the other one that I don't have a waiting list for, which is mm. nuts to me. Cause <laughs> how could you not want to send your kid to go spend time with horses and learn how to communicate and learn social skills alongside, you know, it's, it's an amazing thing. So they don't, they don't, um, ride the horses that's something people are like oh my kid's gonna ride horses no um they're not gonna do that because this is therapeutic uh this is geared towards more focusing on uh you know emotional and talk and communication Mm -hmm. therapy in a group with other kids uh and so for safety reasons uh they don't allow any riding and of course that's that's something that you could do privately with the stables um they do have that on a private level But, um, and obviously you would need, you know, the kids would need training for that. But this group is meant for therapy. So therapy group, uh, a support group for kids. It's a way for them to get out of the house, have something to do. It's an amazing thing. So the only reason we've kind of had low attendance lately, I think, is um, what what I'm hearing is the weather. Yeah. (laughs) It's just too cold. So it's outside. So... I understand. So we may become seasonal, where we only offer the group from, let's say, March to October, and that's mm-hmm. it. Because I've had such low attendance, I actually had to cancel last month's groups. We only had one attendee, and that is, we've been doing this since twenty eighteen. So this year, for what, it, and kids need this more than ever mm-hmm. with COVID uh, to be around animals like this and be able to walk them, groom them, learn about them. This is a good time. And, um, so I really, that's, that's one of the things I want to get the word out. So, um, you know, awareness, you know, so yeah, we have, uh, the equine services and then we also have another agency. So I'm going to talk about that unless you have a question about this. No, I just think it's really cool.
0: Um, I mean, I met you when you were first kind of starting getting getting all this started, right? And then now you've grown into this like massive organization, which I think is amazing. And I didn't know about the equine of therapy. I think that's great. I've always heard, I mean, pets and children, I mean, they feel like they can talk to them or, you know, like my son will whisper something to our dog and, you know, like I can't hear him, but I think it's really cool that you guys do that for for children? Is there an age range? I mean, obviously probably old enough to understand what's going on, but what is that age range?
1: Yeah, it's, uh, Stable Strides has an age, uh, you know, minimum. So they have to be, kids have to be at least six years old. And then the age limit is 18. If they're over 18, then they would go, well, really, it's actually till 17. We just don't want to put any adults basically you're an adult at 18. So we don't want to put any adults in a group with, you'll say, six-year-old. That's Mm -hmm. the youngest that they can be. So um, they do separate them into separate groups, teens, and then younger kids, if we have enough. Uh, So we have up to eight kids that attend this group. Um, But when we have two kids going, that's not possible. (laughs) They'll be together. So Yeah. Uh, Yeah. But it's 100 percent covered by insurance if they have commercial insurance. Any you know, we take uh, Medicaid, we take all major insurance, including TRICARE and uh, BCBS, Cigna, all those insurances on our website. We have that information, but it covers this equine group because it is led by one of our licensed therapists. So therefore it's covered. It's um, 100 percent therapeutic. So they're doing a group uh, therapeutic session. Um, So, yeah, it's an amazing thing. And that's that's what I want to get the word out about is, you know, we got to get more kids to attend this. It's really beneficial to them. So
0: and I do know. um, So you guys go to homes. It's not like they have to come to you. So I think that's a good thing to point out, too.
1: Yep. Yeah. We definitely uh, go to homes. Um, In the home, we we serve the clients where they are. So Mm -hmm. that's why we're very um, popular with DHS, because we we can go in the homes and when they have foster families, foster parents with five kids in the house, they don't have time to be driving they may have a job, too. They they don't have time to be driving these kids everywhere all over town to this therapy session because DHS picked this this person, this therapist or that one. And this one's court ordered. And, you know, so um, that's another thing. Judges may court order. Quite often we have court ordered therapy
0: mm-hmm.
1: um, that we have to provide. The judges love our services because we go in the homes. We, that's one of the things we tell the judge, hey, we go in the home, so it's not going to be an inconvenience among these other classes they have to do. They have to do all these parenting classes, evaluation, drug tests. It's it's a lot of stuff on a parent once they get into the dependency system and they're in the court system, it's a lot of stuff. And so we want to minimize the the added stress, the added service. And so that's why we go in the home that we have been that's our core that's our core thing that's that's like what we are founded on is going in the home so thank you for mentioning yeah. that <laughs> yeah i was like wait the, the, that most, one.
0: the most important part you that you is come, the most important yeah, i know i get, it I, get, to I, get them, I know a lot of i mean just in general like you were saying i mean there are waiting lists pretty much anywhere you go um but like you said i mean you're a couple weeks out whereas some people are months out at this point and so being able to have that option and then if you are a parent that maybe has um a baby right like taking one child to to therapy or counseling or any mental health services can be really challenging but you guys actually meet them where you are and you serve Colorado springs and denver so
1: mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah yep yep and we are expanding um Quite a bit this year. Uh, we just expanded in the springs. We went from 3,100 square feet to now 4,500 square feet. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> so, Ivan, we are now added some therapy offices and a much larger group room, conference room on our third floor. We're currently uh, in suite 250 off North Academy in Montebello in the spring. So, We're right across from Burger King and um, Dave's uh, Barbecue Steakhouse. Um, So we are in a, and we're right next door to Target. So we're like in a really good location for most people um, to be able to get to us. If they want an office visit, we have periodic office visits as well. Um, And our office is very cozy. We have couches. We have very welcoming environment. Um, We have a lot of color on our walls. Um, so the environment, and you can see some pictures on Google. If you Google us, there's pictures of our office. There, uh, Facebook page has some pictures. If you want to see what it looks like, um, and actually we we take walk-ins, so anybody can walk in and see. And then if they need to be need an intake right away, um, I have a therapist that's primarily in the office uh, every day except for Friday. And if she's not, we do recommend somebody call. Um, before they come and walk in, but they can't come the same day. So anybody can come in the same day. Just give us a heads up because if it's a Friday, um, we would just need at least 20 minutes for our therapist to run over. <laughs> mm, <gotcha. laughs> so well, then there's like a 20 minute wait, so that's about it. But yeah, I have a therapist. She's a, a clinical team lead and she does all of those walk-ins. She's happy to do that. If not, we can do a home visit same day. You know, mm-hmm. you know, they don't. Nobody has to come to us again. We do crisis intervention. We go same day. We've had it where somebody was like, I just need to talk to somebody. I don't want to do an intake right now. I just need to talk to somebody. We did that last week a couple times. People just called our front desk and they're like, I just want to talk to a therapist really quick. I have a lot of stuff going on. Um, they had they were, it was a, a parent going through a divorce. And so mm-hmm. absolutely. We'll take that call and we will um, try to help you you know, analyze what you need to analyze or strategize to figure out what you need to do. So this parent was just, you know, just kind of in crisis. So, and didn't know what to do about their child and their, um, you know, I don't want to give too many details, but anyway. <laughs> <laughs> no, I was
0: going to say, um, so I know that, I mean, obviously like m- mental health challenges and illnesses and diagnosis, they can span such a wide area, but what are the main things that people come to you specifically for, or is there anything?
1: Yeah. Um, so primarily depression and trauma. So Mm. PTSD. So those are our top two. Um, and we, I guess our third one or probably up there just as high as ADHD.
0: Gotcha. Okay. Then that's great to know. Um, but I do also know you have another division or another um, company, I guess you could say, that you guys added on more recently. So tell a little bit about that.
1: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So um, in on in January 2020, I opened Adult Community Services. And the reason I opened that is the same similar services in-home counseling. Uh, we do have targeted case management and we have life skills there as well. And then we also have um equine we have support groups so that um we can we don't have any support groups specifically in the office like we do at ccs we have thursday where basically eleven thirty 30 to 5 we have several support groups for parents and children on the adult side we don't have any yet but we are hoping to um the next therapist i hire that is going to be something i'm going to require so um I will, you know, we'll have that, but we have equine and there's no waiting list for that either. So uh, we do have a waiting list at ACS for counseling and it is around the same uh, four to six weeks. So there actually the issue is I can't hire because I don't have enough clients. Whereas <laughs> ACS, I have a different problem. I have too many people coming in and I can't hire fast enough. So, you know that's kind of where I'm at with that, but ACS. I want to get the word out because I need more people to get services. I want more people to get the services. I don't think they're aware of it. When mm. people hear, when I first start talking about it, or somebody just heard about it, they call me, or I get a referral, a new referral, and then we we reach out and say thank you so much, you know, for sending us um, this client, but. Uh, we we get really, really good reviews um, at that at adult community service. CCS as well, but CCS just has a lot more momentum, mm-hmm. whereas ACS is newer. And so not as many people. I mean, ACS has two years ahead of the other company. So, you know, we're still pretty new. and And so not a lot of people have heard about us. But when they do, they're like, oh, this is an amazing thing. I've had even just people that have served me, you know, at the chiropractor's office that says amazing thing. What do you do for a living? Then I tell them. And then she says, Oh, you know, you're you have people therapists that go to the home. Like, I don't have to leave my house and worry about being there on time. Nope. And I don't have to do well now. It's I don't have to do telehealth, like because mm. telehealth's not that great, or you know, whatever it is. Nope, no telehealth. You don't have to do that. We'll go go to you. And Um, So over there, we have 95% of our clients have disabilities. Mm -hmm. Um, And a lot of those disabilities are TBIs. We also have quite a bit of MS. So Mm -hmm. uh, we, but the majority are TBIs. And that's because our referral source is from the Brain Injury Alliance based out of Denver. Mm -hmm. And they have a branch here in the Springs. And so I went to speak back in 2020 when we opened about ACS, actually, that uh, social worker, the MSW that runs that program here in this location, was the one that inspired me to go ahead and open ACS because wow. I went to originally talk about CCS and children. And she's like, "Look, I I love what you do. You need to you need to open this for adults, like just single adults, adults with disabilities, just anybody, anybody eighteen plus." And I said, and seniors, she's like, seniors are underserved. She knew the numbers. She knew that, yeah, seniors are also have a higher number of depression. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, they also, they're, when they're not functioning at the level that they were in their 30s or 40s, you know, it really gets to them. And, and so that, that population has an increasing rate. Of suicide that people are not aware of, and it's actually not talked about as much as the child, as the children and the teens. But their numbers are larger, are getting higher than they used to be, and so that's really unfortunate. And a lot of seniors are not are not either able to go out and get help; they don't know where to go. Um, But a lot of it is, well, I've already got. I got to see my doctor this week. I got to see. Uh, My chiropractor, I've got this appointment. I don't have time to go to therapy and add that. So they don't end up going. And so we get a lot more referrals than people advocating for themselves. I usually get more people calling for them and getting them services, whether it's a case manager from Medicaid, like a long-term care case manager, they'll call for them say, look, this person really needs some help. I went out and did a home visit for something else Mm -hmm. or social security And they actually need mental health uh, therapy. They really need counseling. And since you guys go in the home, I think this will be great. So that's basically, you know, why we exist is because, you know, the social worker was like, you got to open this up. And so we did, and it has been really great. You know Uh, we picked up pretty fast after we opened and I'm still getting, we primarily get our referrals from the brain injury Alliance. So Hmm. And then um, we have more Medicaid clients there, eighty-five percent, and we also majority of those eighty-five percent Medicaid are also have Medicare, mm-hmm. and so we also insurance is a big deal because people, you know, they they don't have ton of money to be shelling out for this. So we we have. We always build the insurance, and I work with people too with copays. We do payment plans if that's if it's a copay. Nice. You know, we're really we're not like that clinic where like you just get slapped with the bill or they auto they make you auto pay. You know, or they take your credit card as soon as as soon as you sign up. We're very, I guess you could say we're a very lax clinic. Like I will work with the client if they have racked up a little bit too many copays. Um. <laughs> Um, yeah, so we work with them because ultimately I don't want them to go. I don't want anybody to leave because we were cutthroat, like most clinics are. Mm-hmm. They, well, we just, you have to pay this or we're sending it to collections. It's very, very, very rare that we ever send anything to collections. I won't send anything until I've made every single attempt to reach that person. Everything possible. We called them, emailed, mailed snail mail, like everything. <laughs>
0: <laughs> no, that's so, I mean, it's really good to know because I know that a lot of people, they one, don't ask for help because they're not sure where to go, who to talk to, if insurance is going to pay or they're going to have to come up with the money or they're going to have to wait months or like, there's so many factors that I think really build this fear and people just even to ask for help. So that's really great to know that you, one, can come to their location. Uh, Two, you'll bill the insurance. If -hmm. you have insurance, whatever it is, figure it out. You guys can help figure that out. Mm -hmm. And then I love that you brought up, um, like, seniors, we don't talk about it enough. And there's, like, this gap. So it's, like, the youth right now, I mean, 10 to 14, it's the first leading cause of death, suicide is. And then you kind of have this jump that goes into the – Into seniors, um, 55 plus, that Mm -hmm. are also at high risk, or they, you know, like not 55, but maybe in the 80s or 90s, they're going into these um, nursing homes and they just, I mean, potentially lose what they had, right? And we don't talk about it enough. And so they are at that point of like, you know, that is their option. Mm -hmm. But if you yeah. can help them at any point, I think that's really important, too. So.
1: Right. Absolutely. And actually, I have a very personal story about that um, in regards to those numbers and, and seniors not being looked at. Um, but my 85 year old grandpa, um, grandpa in law, mm-hmm. uh, passed away due to suicide last year. Oh, wow. um, so, you know, and and nobody knows why. Uh, that's that's the biggest question that that is left for people is why? Why did they do this? Um, why did they leave all these grandchildren? We're talking like a lot of great 20 something grandchildren and all these, you know, all these people. So, and yeah. he had a big funeral, a lot of people loved him. So he was very, very um, involved in the community, a lot of community things. Um, so in a small town, he lived in a small town, Charleston, Illinois, but, um, my wife was really distraught by, by all that. And it was shocking. It was mm-hmm. shocking to everybody. So he's 85 and, you know, that's that age is, it's the elderly age, the seniors 65 plus that are most at risk and men, men that are at higher risk than women, uh, at, in that age group. So. Yeah, I, and, and it, everybody's left thinking, "Why? What happened? You know, were they not happy? We didn't know that." And so, um, there's a couple things that happen. Um, you know, both you know on a physical level, what our aging bodies. So the changes there, not able to do all the things, may not be able to mow the lawn anymore, may not be able to get things, work on things that you wanted to work on with your hands and handy stuff. So those things are what they, you know, seniors typically reflect back at, at what they can't do anymore. Um, And then, so just a lack of control over their own body and life is, is what they feel. And then the other reasons um, can also be some, some brain um, function differences. So basically if they are having some dementia or Alzheimer's uh, those Uh, some of those symptoms have quite a lot of, uh, could have suicide, suicidal symptoms and suicidal thoughts can be associated with those. So I did do a lot of research after that happened. Um, I had been doing research when I opened ACS as well, just to kind of look at what, um, you know, just to get myself more informed about the population we're serving. So I always try to really learn about who are we serving and who do we really need to focus on? And so um, the fact that we go in the home for seniors should make it easier, but also there's also stigma with seniors and getting services because back in the day you go get services, they did shocks back then, you know, Mm -hmm. there's, there was stuff that was wild back in the uh, early 1900s, mid 1950s. They were still, I mean, they didn't stop shocks, shock treatment, until like 1975 so that was going on all the way through the 70s so not that long ago and a lot <laughs> of grandparents were living around that time so they didn't they're like oh no no I'm fine and that's how they they handle things no I'm fine I'm not crazy they use those words so yeah they me- don't
0: want to go into the straight jackets that's probably in their mind they're like I'm gonna go into this facility and they're gonna put me in a straight so, yeah. Yeah. And
1: grandpas and older elderly men are, I'm strong, you know, they look at it as a sign of weakness and that's men in general, men in their, our fathers, men 50 and above also look at it as uh, a sign of weakness. If you're going to get services for depression. Now, my dad has bipolar disorder. He has to have medication. He gets treatment. But he definitely has that attitude more so about medical stuff. Oh, I don't, I, he even had cancer and he's like, whatever. Oh my gosh. Like, and he finally got treatment and he got it taken care of. He had thyroid cancer,
0: but oh, he wasn't wow.
1: telling anybody. That's what I'm talking about. Won't tell anybody. I'm just going to handle it myself. I'm a strong man. I don't want to tell anybody about this. I'm not telling my wife, you know, and they just handle it. That's how and if they've got their crying and they're depressed, well, that's a weakness. I'm not gonna go get help for that. Um, I'm gonna take care of this myself. So that's that's a very male attitude. and that's actually something else I've researched about why men don't get as much help. Um, we have we serve more, um, and it could be because we have more single moms, but we do serve more female than male. Now that's for adults and parents, but for children, it's actually equal. We're about mm-hmm. equal, both boys and girls. Cool. So, but for adults, that's because the mom is bringing the boy in. Right. So later on, he may not, he may have that tough attitude, like, Nope, I'm tough. I'm not going to go in. And and hopefully not because he's starting. That's why we try to get kids services. Now they get, understand that there's no stigma here. You know, uh, you can get services boy or girl. It doesn't matter. Um, we all have emotions. We all need help at one point or another in our life. I think everybody should be able to get counseling and should have access to it. So,
0: no, I think that's a great point too, is, I mean, yes, it's good to hear that more male males, whether they be younger or older are potentially getting services at this point. I know that, I mean, last year when we did the film festival, we had more entries for men's mental health. Like the storylines were more towards men's mental health. And I was like, wow, this is really interesting to me to have a different perspective um, because like you said, it is more we maybe females were a little bit more in t- tune with our, our feelings. And then we're like, okay, well, my child or my son is not doing well. I'm going to take him in. Whereas when you potentially on the, the father figure or whomever that might be, they're like, suck it up, get over it. Right. Like the words that I hate, <laughs> Yeah, like, don't tell your kid to suck it up and get over it. I mean, yes, we do. In society, unfortunately, we have to have tough skin. I I think that's across the board, whether male or female. Mm -hmm. But also, we should also have the space to be able to open and be honest with our feelings, whether you are male or female, or whatever gender you are, right? Like, you should still be able to express your feelings in whatever way you want to, however you identify. And So I think it's important to know that there are services for, for children, there are services for adults, there are services for seniors. Mm -hmm. Um, You guys can come into their home. If they don't feel comfortable, you coming to their home, they can come to you if they're in Colorado Springs or they're in the Denver area. Mm -hmm. I know that Denver is one of those places that you really are truly trying to grow a Mm -hmm. lot more. Um, It's, a huge population. I know Colorado Springs is too, but um, I think just your services overall across the board are highly needed. And it's so important that you're only weeks out versus months to mm-hmm. have, like years, right? There's, there yeah. are some facilities that are years out, like, and that just blows my mind.
1: So Yeah. Yeah. There are, it's because there's not enough providers. Um, we have, I was looking at numbers and it was 60% of Coloradans were not able to get services last year. Wow. So, and then what's worse is we've had a lot of Medicaid providers drop out a lot of our smaller clinics um, because the Medicaid here is, is challenging. They make it very challenging. So I have no problems in Denver. That's why another reason I can grow faster there. I don't have as many, challenges of the Medicaid as I do here. Um, So payment is is a bit of a struggle here. Um, We get paid and we get paid regularly, but then also there's also times where they say a client was inpatient and then you did services. Well, yes, we did a session and then the client was suicidal. So they had to go into inpatient. And so, and my therapist you know, did that initiated that and made sure and we, we also try to do the least, especially when we're handling children and we're working with them, we do the least uh, traumatic way of having a client go to inpatient. We really, no cops, we really try to avoid cops because we have a licensed clinician here. What do we need a cop for? <laughs> Unless they are absolutely um, violent and throwing things, then of course, yes, We our therapists do not restrain. So mm. none of our staff restrains. So if it's to the point where it's like that, um, but we do try to calm the child down. And then we have mom transport them. And then we follow the mom to, or the parent, could be dad to the inpatient center, um, or we and we typically work with Children's directly, or we work with Cedar Springs directly. We skip the the hospital. There's no reason to go to the emergency room unless somebody got hurt. Huh. So somebody's hurt. Okay, fine. Yeah, they they have you know they banged around, they banged their head so much or whatever against the wall. Okay, let's go to the ER first because they don't do those. Um, you know, maybe they could have a concussion or something like that. So they don't do those services at Cedar Springs that an ER can do. So yes, we would take them. We would make sure to follow a parent to um, the emergency room, but a lot of our crisis intervention is very effective and we typically call Cedar Springs. We work as a team. So if our client has a therapist, a life skills specialist, and a case manager Uh, They will call targeted case managers are trained to work in crisis. So work with situations of suicide. So their job is in the back end to make all the phone calls and see where there's a bed and also make sure the client gets the child gets checked in. They do a lot of this with adults, too. So instead of doing this by yourself, you have somebody, an advocate right next to you. That can make sure to talk for you when you're, if, so, if somebody's, and honestly, I have been suicidal. I have been there and I had to call family. But if you don't have family, then our services are really great for these types of situations because our case manager will drop everything and go meet you where you are at your house and then make sure you get to inpatient care um and if not if you then suddenly you refuse and you're suicidal then they will make sure you still get there um with that at that point we'll have to call police but we do really intensive services we switch from just regular routine to very intensive and we can we can drop everything and come out for our clients and be available so all of our staff are trained to have their phone on from 9 to 6 anybody calls anybody has a crisis You go, you stop your routine regular session or whatever you're doing, and you go, you go help that client. So we are there for our clients. We are very personalized. Most of our clients have their staff, our staff name and number in their phones. Wow. And they can text, they can call, they can email. You know, most of them text though.
0: (laughs) Well, yeah, younger, usually,
1: right? (laughs) (laughs) We do a lot of text messaging. That's why we have a waiting list because they, you know, they're, our staff is so close to the clients. We were so close. We have such a close relationship. So, and it's really sad when, you know, a a client discharges or leaves or we don't want anybody to leave us. So um, we, we want to continue that relationship or they move even, even then when they move, we make sure that they're established wherever they move to. That's awesome. we, We follow the client and make sure that everything is how it's supposed to, everything's working fine. So we do a lot of great things. Um, And the life skills specialists are there when the client gets out. So that's how we work as a team. We have two people working together, a therapist and a case manager at the beginning of the crisis. And at the end of the crisis, when they're coming out, we don't just leave them hanging. We have a therapy session scheduled. And then we have the life skills specialist come out and they work directly with the client. They do, um, a lot of services, you know, they do a lot of more social communication types of games, um, interactive things. So sort of like play therapy, but more on a functional level, like, you know, you got school tomorrow and you just got back from inpatient. So let's get you in a routine. What time are you getting up tomorrow? What time, what are you going to do to prepare for tomorrow's school day? So that's what the life skills specialist is going to work on, is getting them back in a routine at home after they've been inpatient for, let's say, three to seven days. Mm-hmm. So their routine is all messed up. They're, the time they eat, the time they get up, it's all it's all over the place. So um, that's what that life skills specialist comes out to do is get them on a schedule, tell them how to prepare, talk to the parents, and then get them back into that going to school, and doing homework, and being at home, you know.
0: That's awesome, and I love, I mean, that was going to be my question, is like, how do you follow along, right, like, but it sounds like you guys are there, the beginning, if there's a crisis, and then after the crisis, or they their they um, once they're let go out of the facility, whichever one that they go to, because I think that after part, sometimes is that is missing the most. Mm -hmm. And that's where we see people fall off and or potentially complete suicide. And so Mm -hmm. having, having somebody to follow you along and be the advocate for you, because when in crisis, or even pre crisis, like you're not really sure how to advocate for yourself. So it's really important to have somebody by your side to be able to advocate. So that is amazing that I love that it's the continual process. And I know that you're good at following up. And I mean, like you said, moving to another state, like that's huge that you actually, I mean, you care that much, right? That you're going to continue and make sure that they're set up wherever they're going, so.
1: Yeah, actually it's really quiet when you get out of, um, so I've never been inpatient. I went to a day center. I got stabilized at just a day center. Mm -hmm. Um, But when you come back home, there's nobody there. It's quiet. And especially as an adult, you know, your, your parent, Oh, you're good. You're good. Your parents or whoever, are you good? And then they leave, you know, so then you spend that night alone and it's really hard to get back in a routine. Oh, I got to go back to work. I got to figure this out. You know, um, I eat, you know, it, it, I can't imagine, you know, that's, it's just really just a change in an environment and everything. Yeah. So that's, you know, I haven't been impatient, but I've been in, these centers and i see where they're staying and where they're sleeping and um you know that can be a shock to somebody you know that especially if they're an introvert or they're not used to being around a lot of people now you're around a lot of people now you're sharing a room with somebody yeah. so it's it's a lot of a lot of things a lot of change all at once and it's in your face and um I'm not sure how, you know, so we try to do as much as we can to prevent them because I don't think inpatient is as effective for it's definitely not meant to be long term. It's Mm -hmm. meant for short term crisis. That's all it is. And residential is also you can't be there forever. So that's not going to work forever. So outpatient is something that we can help you with and be a guide to your journey and your, you know, these challenges that we all face. Really, really difficult challenges. Middle school kids deal with a lot of challenges, bullying and everything, cyberbullying, all of that. And so let us be there for you every week. And we do every, most of us, most of our staff go out every week. So it's pretty intensive. Um, and so we check on you and see how you're doing. And that way nobody has to go to, to inpatient. That's the whole purpose of our service, too. That's awesome.
0: And I know, I mean, you guys can't work twenty four seven. So what what do you? I mean, you said your hours are usually is it weekdays, weekends? Like what are your hours that you're available?
1: So we're open Monday through Friday, Our offices, and this is all of our staff. Monday through Friday, nine to six pm. Uh, on occasion, we have staff that stay till seven, depending on when the session started. So if we started at five thirty. Some staff start. I have a couple therapists that start a session at six because that's the only time the parent has by the time they pick up all their kids and they get off of work. That's the time they can meet at the office. So or they can have the home visit. So we have quite a bit that start at six and they usually end around seven, seven thirty. And then we are open on Saturday only for equine group. Um, every Saturday, 10:30, we have two groups. We have one in the morning at 10:30 and then the second group starts at 1:30. Uh, so we have two groups at stable strides on Saturday, but we don't have a front desk available. Uh, phone calls go, go directly to that therapist. It's on the website for that for registration. Um, and basically, it's very easy to sign up for that. Um, they do have to do an intake with us. We do have to have a diagnosis to bill insurance. If they're private pay, we don't do anything. They just fill out the packet. But most people want to bill their insurance. So um, (laughs) they just go ahead and, and, you know, go ahead and do that intake with us. Um, At the very, if there's not a lot going on, um, we do diagnose um, a simple diagnosis of adjustment disorder and it's so that they don't have anything else that's going to follow them. That's not a, just, that's not a, uh, Adjustment disorder is not something that you typically would prescribe medications for. Um, That's very rare. So if they were to go to their PCP and said, Oh, you know, somebody said, Oh, I, you know, this is a foster child and they had that diagnosis and they're like, Oh, you know, they have this diagnosis. Doctor's not going to prescribe medication for that. So yeah, it's just something that we try not to put anything too severe, nothing like bipolar depression because children change. And so we, their behavior changes. It can change drastically from one year to the next. It can change drastically from one month of our services. So we, don't, we typically start with adjustment disorder. Then we assess more. We spend more time with the child. And then we will also consult prior therapists. We do a lot of consultations with other clinics. So then we'll decide, okay, well, it looks more like ADHD now. So they'll go ahead and consult with our licensed clinician and Get to that determination. Um, I did want before we close up. I did want to mention we do speak Spanish here. Yo hablo español, nice. y yo, uh, yo quiero ayudar más hispanos eh, aquí in Colorado Springs y Denver. So, so we have our front desk speak, speak Spanish. I'm half Honduran. My mom's from Honduras. And then, and I'm fluent in Spanish. And so I really, really want to help more the Hispanic population. We're actually very popular among the Hispanic population in Denver. Um, and we have a therapist up there too. So that speaks Spanish. So we have the uh, therapist that speaks uh, Spanish uh, in the Springs too. So we always have staff that speak Spanish.
0: That's awesome. Well, sorry, I got a cough. <laughs> no worries. <laughs> I'm like, all of a sudden... I got a tickle in my throat. Um, <clears> throat> no, that is so. Oh, sorry. So good to know because there, I actually have been asked that question. We don't. We had two uh, board members that spoke Spanish, but they have since since left left us. But eventually, we want to get all of our programs in Spanish. So I think that's really really good. But tell the viewers where they can find you. I did put all your information in the comments. So if you're wanting just a clickable link, you can grab those there, but let the audience know where they can find you.
1: Yeah, we're located off of 5390 North Academy Boulevard in Colorado Springs. We're on the second floor. We have signs up front um, for both child community services and adult community services. And we, in Denver, we are, we have about 13 to 14, I think it's 14 buildings available to us. We use Regis offices per hour. So we don't have, um, right now, Littleton, um, it's 27 West Dry Creek Road in uh, Littleton. And that's the office that we typically use, but it's per hour, so it's by appointment only. We are actually doing 100% home visit to about 55 children and families in Denver. So and we are growing much quicker than I thought up there. <laughs> <laughs> Children's hospital got a hold of us, and the doctors there love us, and the nurses, and uh they also found out we speak Spanish. So we have a lot of Hispanic clients um in the Denver area and Littleton. We kind of travel all over around that sub the suburbs as well. So we even go down to Elizabeth and um Uh, There's a couple other towns around there that we go. So in Denver, we will be opening an office here in the summer and we we will have there. I am going to start looking at locations here soon. So but right now it is that that Dry Creek Road. It's a Regis office and um, you can call anybody can call and get services if they need services in Denver um, and find us.
0: Very cool. Well, I appreciate you so much. I know what you do is very, very needed. Um, I think the equine therapy is super cool. There's no list people. So if you want that for yourself or for your child, um, it's definitely a great, great service to have. So I just appreciate you coming on today and telling everybody all about your services. Thank you.
1: Did you want me to leave a tip or trick? Hey, yeah. Throw out a tip or trick. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So basically self-care. That's the biggest one. No matter what you do, even our therapists, we say, please do something that is for you, for you only. So um, parents need to do that more. Take a take a deep breath and take a walk. Um, I, walks are very therapeutic. So that's my tip. Just yeah. spend a little bit of time, at least one hour a day on yourself.
0: I love it. So there you go. The tip and trick is self-care. Very important. So thank you again. (laughs) All right. So that was episode number eight of Mental Health Mondays. Again, we talk to mental health professionals, um, someone who experiences or lives with a mental health challenge or mental health advocates. So if that's one of you and you want to be a guest, the Look below in the comments. Make sure you like this. Make sure you share. Make sure you subscribe so that you don't miss another episode. You can be one of my guests. You can tell your story. You can uh, give tips or tricks, whatever it may be. But we can't do this without our supporters. So you can become a warrior for mental health today, literally with only a $20 um $20 a month, and you get this super cool. I know it's hard to see, but You get this super cool shirt uh, when you donate $20 or more. And that goes to provide all of our education in mental health and bring on these uh, incredible guests that can share um, their tips or tricks. So become a supporter today and we'll see you next Monday. We do this every Monday at 11 a.m. Mountain Standard Time. Thanks so much for watching.